Welcome. On today's episode, we're giving some shout outs to NAP members. And Nick and I are going to discuss how we get our exercise during the pandemic. And it's one of the first things that we recorded. Neither one of us remembers what we had said. So please, as Nick would like me to say right now, please only judge me about its content. So I'm to blame if you are not enjoying it. And (laughs) then we interview our wonderful, amazing NAP board member, Tim Perry, and Nick will forget how to say his name. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's totally true. Uh, Totally embarrassed. But we left it in because that's what we want to do. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And let's go ahead and hit that music. This episode is sponsored by HDR. HDR Inc. is an employee-owned design firm specializing in engineering, architecture, environmental, and construction services. With more than 1,000 environmental professionals, they provide focused, integrated services to advance your project. HDR's team includes environmental planners and permitting experts, archaeologists, historians, biologists, ecological restoration specialists, wetland and stream ecologists, fishery scientists, toxicologists, and marine species experts and scientists. That is a lot of environmental professionals. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a job, you might want to go, go check out that job board. <laughs> yeah, call, call HDR. All right, and huge thank you to our sponsors. If you want to sponsor an episode in the future, head on over to environmentalprofessionalsradio.com and check out the sponsor form. Yeah. So let's get started with our shout outs for today. We want to congratulate Caroline Lavenda on her position as Vice President of Environmental Services with Market Sector Lead and Market Sector Lead at <laughs> CKL Engineers. Yeah. And then Ron Deverman is now Vice President and National Environmental Planning Lead at STV. And our awesome Tim Perry, who's joining hey. us today, is the shareholder at Gardner Bist Bowden Bush D. LaVia, Wright and Perry. Hey. And one more note here, just make sure that you are tuned into our virtual conference. It's happening May 17th to May 20th, and you can head over to the NAEP.org website to get more details. Awesome. Let's start the show. This is EPR. When I exercise or when I get nervous, I yawn. Really? Yeah. When you're nervous, you yawn. My response to getting excited is yawning. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That is the opposite of what I would think. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody like that. Yeah, Are you like a unicorn, that. Laura? Is that what you're telling me? Because that's what I'm hearing. Uh, so. Probably more like Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I've had to look it up. It's kind of like, I'm not sure that it's, they know what the actual reason is, but it's something like the oxygen to your brain is like, maybe like as you're starting exercise, right. you need more oxygen to your brain or something. Right, and right. So yeah. you start yawning. It's not, it doesn't mean you're tired. It just means like, I need more I need more air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, what are <laughs> you doing to me? Enough. Yeah. Really <laughs> right. Right. So you're a shallow breather is what was yeah. is what I'm hearing. And what's well, funny, like, you know, so I'm a runner. I do like, but nothing huge. I'm not a marathon runner because that's insane. And it seems incredibly painful. So I stick to like the three mile range. You know, I feel like that I never have to run faster or farther than that. If I do, then everything's gone, you know, to, to pot. So it's a simple thing to do. I basically just put on sneakers and run outside and that's it. There's no requirements for anything else. So it's really, really helpful for me, but it, it's always, there's days when you are just crushing it and it feels incredible. And you come back, you're like, I can do anything. And then there's days where you come back and you're like, I'm about to die, right? It's both of those things. 
And it's the joy of that outweighs the the, <laughs> the soul-crushing defeat. Um, <laughs> but it is really hard sometimes to get motivated to do it. But once you get rolling, it's almost impossible to stop. Yeah, I'm not a runner. <laughs> so <laughs> well, what do you do? To the, yeah. like, Real gangsters don't run fast. <laughs> That's why you're yawning when you run. You're like, your body's like, what's happening right exactly. now? Exactly. What yeah. do you think you're doing? Yeah. Go take a nap, yeah. little girl. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the bed's back that way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. But the funny thing is there have been times where I've been outside and it's just been gorgeous. And I'm like, I feel like running and I'll just start jogging or running for a little while. But that's yeah. far and few between and short-lived. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Like, so I basically have all of this energy that I've got to get out somehow. And if I don't exercise, it just gets pent up. And I'm just, you know, my wife will come home and I'll be like, hey, how are you doing? What's up? I, how was your day? Was it good? Was it good? And she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I should run. And she's like, yeah, go do that now. You know? <laughs> oh, it's so you're like, like a puppy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll wear myself out and I'll be like, oh, okay, now I'm normal. Now I'm a normal oh, yeah. person. Totally like a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, yeah, that's fair. I'll let her know that you said that. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's like, yeah, the, that's what I was thinking. Right. I know. She's like, yeah, duh, idiot. You know, that's, <laughs> but it's a funny thing. Like I just literally have to run sometimes. I just get really antsy if I don't. And yeah, it's a good way to burn energy. It makes me kind of wakes me up a bit, you know, and there's, you know, some obvious health benefits, mental health benefits as well, but it's still really a really positive experience for me most of the time. I just don't, don't come to me like a middle of summer, North Carolina, you know, supreme humidity, unbearable is unbearable. So I can't really, I much prefer to run in winter actually. Right. Yeah. So. That's probably part of my problem is growing up in Florida. Just wasn't a whole lot of time of year where you can just go out and run. I do have a lot of friends in Florida who do run, but you know, they're always really sweaty. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I like yoga because yeah. I don't have to sweat. I don't get into the like hot right. yoga. <laughs> that completely well, defeats the purpose for me. Right. Right. And well, that totally fits in your like slow, gradual movements, you know, it's That's perfect. Great. And it's actually... I think the biggest misnomer for yoga is that it's easy and it's not a workout. And if you're doing it for real, like it's a genuine good workout for you. And it actually, again, goes back to that mental health aspect where you're getting a lot of benefit. And it's not even a ton of exertion. It's just doing things your body is, again, confused by. You know, I've literally been trying to touch my toes. That's my goal during the pandemic. <laughs> like, nice. I'm like, I'm finally doing it. I am going to stretch long enough and hard enough to where I can actually touch my toes. Because I'm the kind of guy, like, because uh, everybody's different, right? It's the coolest part of being a person is that everybody has different strengths and weaknesses, even when it comes to how your body is. And so I've got really flexible shoulders and I have really tight hips. I don't know why, it's just the case. And I cannot, I'm like middle of the shins kind of guy when it comes oh, wow, to being able to touch my me. toes. I'm not, I'm not very flexible. That's worse than I am. It's so bad. Like, do you remember the presidential fitness awards, like growing up, like you had to do in like high yeah, school? Yeah. You know, yeah, you, all of them. I could do any and all of those presidential style because, you know, there's two tiers. There's like the presidential and then there was like the, well, okay, at least you tried level, you know, <laughs> and I was presidential in everything except for that sit and reach. It was terrible. Like there's like the line oh, where the your feet are. Reach. Oh God. I couldn't even get that. You know, it was, <laughs> oh, it was awful. And you're supposed to get beyond your toes. No, thank you. So yeah, I don't know. You got it. It's the pandemic. You know, you got to do something different to kind of keep your mind engaged. And that's what I'm doing. So maybe in like three years, I'll be able to touch my toes. <laughs> so we're oh getting there. Yeah. I've actually been doing like a squat challenge with a friend and uh, it ended, but we're, I'm still doing it. 
And we now moved into an ab challenge. So we're doing, so we're just going to keep doing additional challenges. And actually, I mean, I'm feeling it. Like I have muscles in my legs (laughs) that were not there before. before. Like now it's going into my abs. So it's, it's working. Um, Yeah. Hoping to keep it going. You know, the hard part is keeping it going. Yeah, I know. It it always is. But what is the challenge though? What are you supposed to do? Is it just... The squat challenge was like, you start with 60 a day and then you work up to like 250 over a month. Oh, Um, wow. I was mixing it up. Like I don't want to kill my knees doing (laughs) it. Right, right. A third squats, a third lunges and a third pushups. And then, so now I do three reps a day of 25 each. So right. That I've been able to maintain. So it's every three days, fourth day off. And then the, the ab challenge is actually like a combination of, of yoga. I, I do at the end of the day, the one thing I've been doing for years is a two minute yeah. plank every night. Yeah. Um, so I'll do like child's pose, which like stretches your lower back because I have some tight back issues. And so I do that. And then I do like a two minute plank, which also helps with that core strength. And yes. so now this one is like really cool because it's all variations on a plank. So right. instead of just like, standing there on my hands and feet for two minutes, There's like <laughs> right, different right. things to do and change it up. So it's really cool. I got you. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things. So I also actually genuinely have trouble sleeping. Like it's just not easy for me. And one of the things that's really helped is developing a nighttime routine. And selfishly, I like to combine things when I can. And so I take that, okay, I need a nighttime routine to kind of get myself off the electronics, off of away from that. And I also, as a runner, like if you really want to be a good runner, it just, you know, healthy, you don't, you don't want to be injured. You have to do some level of core strength. You have to do some level of stretching. You have to do some level of even light weight training. You need right. to work those small muscles because it'll really, especially for somebody who has knee issues or, or hip issues, it really is important. And so that's exactly what I've done. I've decided, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to wind down and do my stretches before bed, but I've added all of the stuff you're talking about, like planks and and such because it's really helpful. Yeah, I'll share so. this ab challenge with you. It's really yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. You should. Yeah. So this is it. This is uh, what we're gonna do. And this is <laughs> the EPR okay, so ad challenge. We'll yeah start adding on workout challenges to the podcast. Yeah, perfect. Right, Why yeah. not? We'll, I mean, we'll I, oh my god, yeah. I know so many of our own professionals who run. Yeah, golf, it's a it's know, a big thing. Yeah, for that too. Yeah, and it's important to stay. You know, because you can't run if you're hurt, and you got to take care of yourself. But it is very hard to do without establishing a routine. It has to be part of your daily living. You know, people ride bikes to work, you know, and that's an easy way to get exercise because it's just part of their routine, right? And if you're doing a wind down before bed, it's part of your routine. It becomes kind of a habit. And, you know, it does take some time to get that established. What is it? I think the theory is it's like three weeks. Is it three weeks to break a habit or to get a habit? I don't know. It's, but oh you, you've got to be it able to... Takes- Three minutes to break a habit. All you have to do is skip one time and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. But it takes a while to establish one. And you just, you just got to keep up with it. Yeah. I think there's a friend of mine who lost, I think, 70 pounds and he did it over a summer. So he came back to grad school and they were like, like Nate, oh my gosh, how did you lose weight? And he's like, diet and exercise. <laughs> and nobody was happy with that answer. It was one of the funniest things, but it's oh, true. Listen, just... I took two and a half years of a dietetic school program. So I was actually yeah. trying to get a degree, but I quit at a certain point. But all I learned in two and a half years was that you need to eat less meat, exercise. And right. um, that's actually the only two things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's great. Oh my God. But yeah, so you have to figure out what, I mean, I approach right. it scientifically. I actually right. lost 10 pounds recently and mm-hmm. it started with reconnecting with a plant-based diet. 
right. with a client friend of mine who's a chef and I went yeah. through a program. So I kind of kickstarted a new habit of things I already know, knew that I needed to do to um, right. eat more salads and eat more healthy right. and eat more whole foods. So I lost quite a few pounds doing that, but then it was still like, I'm just going to say it, still flabby. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I have to exercise. So I've got the right. diet piece, now I have to exercise. And that's gotten me so far, but now I still need to, it takes so much time to see those results. So um, it does. I have an accountability partner, which is also huge. Right. And yeah. um, now we'll be saying this out loud to the public. So I know, right. Yeah. So you have to, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I will yeah. keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Now we have to, there's no, no turning back now. And, uh, right. We got to bring other people with us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you're totally right though. Like the hardest part isn't to start, it's the continuation. And people often mistake willpower for it being this end all be all that gets you to your destination. And willpower is a great tool for finishing out one workout. It is excellent for that, but you cannot force yourself to do something long-term through just will. It's got to become a routine. And right. uh, I At think- At that point, it's just sheer determination and you will run out of that. Yes, exactly. You'll exhaust yourself and you'll be like, this is not fun. I'm not enjoying this. And you go away. And I think when everyone joins the gym in January, right? Like that's, that's usually when they do. <laughs> I think the cutoff is three months, right? It's almost all of them, uh, all of the returns on your investment go down the drain after three months because it's that's usually when willpower runs out and you've got to have it be something more concrete than that. You are listening to EPR. And welcome to EPR. Today's guest is Ten, ten Perry. His name is not Ten. His name is, <laughs> ten, is Tim. Ten, ten Perry. Ten he Pen Perry. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah, a really excellent bowler. He's a 300. That's the number of, of bowlings, <laughs> right? Where it's the best. So yeah, wow. Our guest is Tim Perry an environmental lawyer who will not forgive me for screwing up the beginning of his name. But Tim, before we get started, why don't you just sort of, or to get us started, talk about a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, hi, Laura. Thanks for having me on. My name is Tim Perry. I'm an environmental attorney. I've been practicing almost 20 years now. I work all over the state of Florida and also in Alabama, uh, working on all kinds of different issues for all kinds of different people governments, and businesses. And I'm a board member of the National Association of Environmental Professionals. I am the past president of the Florida Association of Environmental Professionals. And I'm also the current president of my local chapter, the Tallahassee Area Association of Environmental Professionals. Yeah, awesome. You're so busy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm real. so impressed. You know, Nick and I have talked about this, how impressed we were with your taking over, really essentially taking the lead on last year's, this year's conference when we had to switch to virtual. We were supposed to do it yeah. in Florida in person and then in, um, what was that, May. Right. And then we May. didn't have it virtual until August. So you pretty much picked that up and carried it, even though it wasn't actually happening in Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We, yeah. We're very lucky to have some great people, you know, here in Florida that were helping out put together the Fort Lauderdale conference. And, you know, we were all very disappointed, of course, you know, that we couldn't all go and enjoy the beach and I know. have the Florida conference. But we had great abstracts. We had great submissions. And we knew that we wanted to do something with that. And we were able to pull it together with the help of our great committee, as well as our great executive director and conference planner, SBI. We were very happy with that. Yeah. And are they going to do that? We're doing virtual again this year, aren't we? That's right. Unfortunately, our 
conference scheduled for this year in May 2021 in Phoenix is going to be a virtual conference instead. And we're going to try and go to Fort Lauderdale next year in 2020, well, in two years in 2022, and then it will be in Phoenix in 2023. Right. Yeah. So we're just sort of set back, but fingers crossed on that. Yeah. Let's talk more about what does a day in the life of an environmental attorney look like? I've actually coached with a few environmental attorneys, actually people who are regular, we'll say regular attorneys who would like to sort of switch and do something more meaningful as an environmental attorney. What does that look like? Well, the one great thing about my job is it can be different every day. And one of the things I really love is I get to work on all kinds of different projects. And, you know, so I could be working on helping the water utility get their permits for, you know, getting the water that they need to send to all the customers and all the citizens of the local government. Or I could be helping a business deal with a challenge, you know, at their facility. Let's say some a piece of equipment broke and that's causing maybe an environmental issue and they're not sure exactly how to handle it. So I can help them with that. And it's really about helping people solve problems. And I solve all kinds of different problems all day for all kinds of different people. And that's one of the reasons why I really love my job. Awesome. What drew you to it? How did you get into like, wake up one day and say, I want to be an attorney? <laughs> well, when I originally went to law school, I wanted to be maybe an FBI agent. That was kind of my dream. Um, totally, totally good. Yeah. It. But, you know, once I got into law school and once I thought about it a little bit more, you know, I thought that, you know, maybe that maybe that wasn't the best career path for me. And so I did a lot of when I got out of school, I got a job with a firm and I was doing a lot of utility law, which I still do a good bit of. And there's a lot of environmental aspects to that job. And I just gravitated more towards the environmental side and I got a job where I was doing more of the environmental and less of the utility type work. And you know, now it's probably about 50-50. I, I do a little bit of both. Maybe some years it's more environmental. You know, I think the last 10 or so years, it's been a lot more environmental. Some years it's a little bit more utility depending on the type of case that I'm working on. Cool. Do you have any advice for young people or people who are looking to make that switch from you know, just practicing attorney to environmental? Like where to, where to network, yeah, you where know, to start age certifications? It all kind of depends on your situation. Like if you're lucky enough to know that that's what you want to do and you're really committed to it, then I think it's good to do an undergraduate major in a technical field. Like maybe you're going to be a, maybe your interest is biology. Maybe your interest is engineering. Whatever is going to get you good grades, get you into law school. That's what I would recommend. And I would also recommend, you know, spending a year or two working before you go to law school. I think that that is valuable experience to have later on when if you're going to be doing environmental law to have that practical experience as a lawyer, I think is very helpful. It looks good on a resume and it helps you to do your job better. Now, the other question I think you asked was, what if you're already a lawyer? What if you want to switch careers or something like that? And the good thing about this job is as an attorney, I'm not testifying in court. I rely on experts. So you don't have to be an expert yourself. You just have to have a curiosity and a willingness to learn and a willingness to do the job. So you can make that switch, absolutely. And it can be very difficult because you know the environmental side of the law is very technical. So there's a pretty big learning curve when you get into it. But the benefit is you get to meet with all these different great experts, geologists, biologists, engineers, and you get to learn what they do and you get to tell their story like in a courtroom. 
or when you're meeting with regulators. And I think that that, that's really great. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Just on a side note, when you said that your initial interest was FBI agent, I just immediately pictured you in like 007 James Bond attire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tim Perry license to kill. That's yeah. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Yeah. So let's move into some of the fun stuff. We talk a little bit ahead of time about some, we like to talk about funny things that happen to us as environmental professionals. And, you know, you said, ask me how to pronounce, and I have to ask you how to pronounce a word. I don't even know what it means. And I purposely right. didn't look it up. So if, <laughs> I hope this isn't like a trick. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> how do you pronounce Matlacha? How do you pronounce so, Matlacha? <laughs> so I'll give you a little bit of backstory first. So I was working on a project and I had done, it was a case I was working on. And I had done some analysis for the client and I sent it to them and had a meeting with them and got done with the meeting. And they said, that's great. You know, the analysis was very good. We really appreciate it. You know, we're ready to go forward with this case. But there's one problem. You did fail one thing, and that is pronouncing this word. And <laughs> the word is, it's a town name. It's a small town down in Southwest Florida. Okay. Okay. And it's spelled M-A-T-A-L-A-C-H-A. So Laura, what did, how did you pronounce that? Well, I pronounced it Matlacha, but that's, yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't heard of it since living in Florida for so long, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Florida too. I'd never heard of it. Nick, what do you think? How do you think you say it? I mean, that's uh, now that I know that it's not Matlacha, (laughs) I still don't know how to say it. Matlacha? I don't know. I have no idea. So what I was saying was Matlacha too, but this is the test and this is how they know whether or not you're a local or not. <laughs> is if, you right. pro- if you pronounce it Matlacha, you're not a local. If you pronounce it Matlache, then you're from there. And oh my goodness. <laughs> it's probably one of the only places in Florida where, you know, I hadn't heard the name and Florida's got a lot of weird names. Hialeah, Kissimmee. Yeah. Steen Hatchy, but spelled Stein Hatchy. Uh, but this was right. one that really got me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had to humble myself a little bit. That's yeah, like Nick Lachey's brother. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all good. I think I could stump you with the. I grew up in Dunedin. That one is a hard one for people to get right. <laughs> Dunedin. Yeah. We fondly yeah. call it Dun Dun, Dunedin, Dunedin. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happened with that? Did you get ingratiated with them at some point? Yeah, they had a good laugh in my expense because I had probably, I'd given like a 15 or 20 minute presentation and, <laughs> you know, had said that name wrong probably a hundred times. Yeah, they probably were counting, you know, just like, let's see how many times this guy is going to, yeah, that's great. Right? Well, that's awesome. I love those moments when we just kind of turned red for a second <laughs> to I move know. on, <laughs> brush off and move forward happens to all of well, us. The one, yeah. And the one thing, you know, I mean, with a kind of technical field, like, you know, what we do as environmental professionals, you can't know everything, right. you know, so you're going to run into those kinds of situations where you're going to get something wrong, you know, or you're going to have to rely on somebody else to tell you that, okay, you need to really think about it differently. And, you know, that's a small little example, but, you know, it's a, being an environmental professional is a humbling job. You know, it, it can it really, it's is. definitely the kind of job it's definitely the kind of job where you're going to be learning your whole entire career. Right. Yeah. Well, good stuff. 
before we wrap up with you, let's talk about your secret hobbies. All environmental professionals have some sort of secret hobby, something they like to do that you don't get to see on the day-to-day basis. So tell us a little bit about, you do a lot of outdoor activities, mountain biking. I'm particularly interested in mountain biking because I am nervous Nelly on a bike and (laughs) I (laughs) I need training wheels anytime I'm off-road. So what kind of mountain biking do you do? So, you know, I do live in Florida. So it's, I, I, I think it's mountain biking. I think it's mountain biking in Florida. <laughs> right, right. Of course. But I live in the hilly part of Florida. Um, and there's a lot of right. great trails here where I live in Tallahassee. And I'm very lucky that, you know, I get to have the hilly trails, you know, where it is a little bit like kind of the mountain biking that you would see, you know, in North Carolina, not like Colorado. That's, those are big mountains. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. But definitely hilly enough to have fun. And the other thing that's great is I go 15 minutes south, it's a totally different ecosystem. It's kind of like a sandy coastal area. And yeah. you've got these great, these great trails that go through these beautiful forests, like the Apalachicola Forest. And you get to see all this great wildlife and get out in nature just a few minutes outside the city. And I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's nice up there. You get a little yeah. few more months of decent weather for it too, I think, than you do any further south in Florida, right? Yeah, right now is probably the good time to go. It's nice and cool in the mornings, you know, and most days. But when you're going in the summer, even in the morning, oh, it's uh, 85 degrees, super humid. So uh, yeah, yeah, now it's a good mountain. Yeah, and like uh, now it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually remember we stayed at a place in Daytona Beach as a kid on vacation once, and the only prerequisite for doing so was cutting the grass. And I don't think there's thicker grass on the planet than there was there. And so it's, I don't know how you do it. Like the eight o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, you're sweating the second you hit outside and you still want a mountain bike. Yeah. It's almost hotter in the morning, to be honest, because you, really? you don't get as much of a breeze. So it's just oh. hot and sticky and humid. But on the bike, at least, you know, you do get a little right. bit of a breeze. So it's, right. it's motivation to really get going and keep moving. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. And there's a lot of other things here I want to talk about, but we're going to have you back on the show again in the future. So we'll maybe reserve those for later. Is there anything you want to talk about, announce, share, tell people where to find you or something you're working on before we leave today? Well, I think one of the big things I'm working on is the upcoming 2021 virtual conference. There's a lot (laughs) to look... Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to with that. Abstract submissions, we're taking them right now to the end of December and, and probably even a little bit beyond that. And we'll have sponsorships coming available pretty soon. And the virtual conference will be in May this year. So everybody should keep their eyes out for more information on that. Fantastic. It's going to be great. I know with your already experience from last year, it'll be even better this year. So fantastic. Thanks we, so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate it. And that's our show. I want to give major thanks to Tim for putting up with us today. He was great. Really enjoyed having him on. Check us out next week when we interview Asti Davis, an engaging climate scientist or climate justice network engagement manager. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks, everybody. Subscribe, subscribe. Always subscribe. (laughs) See you next time. See ya.